Hello, and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. We're continuing our journey through Hebrews 11, a series called By Faith, and today we're going to be looking at the Passover. Verse 28 of Hebrews 11 says this, By faith he, meaning Moses, kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. So we're looking at the life of Moses, and you may remember that Moses has had this uh, call to go to Egypt to bring the people of God, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, because they are being severely, severely oppressed and criminally treated by the Egyptians. But also, God has promised the Israelites that they were going to enter into the promised land, enter into Israel, and have a future dwelling in God's presence there. And so, as Moses went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was refusing to let them go. And God has been multiplying these signs and wonders against Egypt, proving his power, proving his dominion over even the forces, the the deities and the forces that the Egyptians would have looked to for their protection and provision. God is overruling all of them and defying Pharaoh's will, even though Pharaoh presented himself as a god. And Moses, through his staff, really, and the word of God is just been ruling over and increasing the pressure to let the Israelites go. And the final and tenth plague, or the final and tenth judgment, is to be a judgment on the firstborns. Um, In the Old Testament, God had kind of set up this way of thinking about new life and reproduction, that the firstborn, um, this, you know, of, of any creature really, belonged to him. It was the symbol of created life, and because he is the origin of all life, the firstborns really belong to him. And it was kind of a way of almost like paying a tithe, saying, God, all life belongs to you. And we're going to give back to you the firstborn as a sign that all life has come from you. And we're just your servants and we're just your creatures. And so what's going on here is that God has told Moses that the Israelites themselves need to get delivered from this plague. This is a different kind of plague. Uh, God has been making a distinction in previous plagues where the plagues wouldn't touch the Israelites. But this time he's saying, you know, the Israelites will come under this plague, under this judgment as well, unless you do something. And the unless you do something was called the Passover. The Israelites would go and they'd sacrifice an animal and they would take the blood and they would apply it to the doorposts of their houses And the idea would be that the avenging angel that was coming to accomplish the plague would pass over that location and the people inside would remain untouched. The families would remain untouched and everyone who didn't listen to this instruction, the plague would happen to them. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And that was the plague that really broke uh, Pharaoh's pride so that he let the Israelites go. Now he would chase after them and that's the next midweek, but um, there here's a lesson in faith that the author of Hebrews wants us to draw from. They heard about an upcoming judgment, the, the death of the firstborns, and they believed in God's method to escape the judgment doing the Passover. And by responding, they acted in faith, and though therefore the, the avenger of the firstborn did not touch them. This is the picture of faith, believing that there's a coming judgment and believing in God's um, promise to be able to escape the judgment. And by doing what he says, you escape the punishment that will come on other people. 
Now, what I assume is going on here in this portion is that the author of Hebrews wants the people of God to remember that the people who are afflicting them now, the people who are after them, who are trying to stop them from being Christians, um, the whole world has an impending judgment coming. We're in the in-between times where Jesus has come and he has died for sin and he's returned to heaven, but he will come back. And in the in-between time, we live in the knowledge that Jesus will come back for judgment. And it's not going to be a small judgment. It's going to be worldwide and it's going to be catastrophic for sin and for everyone who has rejected God. And so it's really bad. And there is a method and a promise to escape that future judgment. And that future judgment for the people in the time of Hebrews was Christ. Believe in the blood of Christ and the judgment of God will not touch you. That's the promise. And so he's, he's coming to them and he's saying, you need to walk by faith in this because there's all kinds of pressure. People are going to say it's not true. People might say you're an idiot. People might say, if you believe that stuff, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to rob you. I'm going to legally persecute you, whatever it is, there's pressure to not hold on to that faith of just saying, I'm holding on to the promise of God that if I apply the blood of Jesus to myself through faith, I will not have the wrath of God touch me. So I think that's what's going on is he's bridging the gap and he's saying there is a lesson in faith here that we believe in the promises of God. And as we believe in the promises of God, um, the wrath of God, the vengeance of God, the justice of God does not touch us the same way it touches other people. Now, God's a good father and he definitely disciplines his children when we're in rebellion to him. He wants to bring the image of Christ out in our hearts. And so this is no kind of free hand to do whatever you want, but... He's saying that we have the true Passover. We are the ones who are living um, in the knowledge of the impending destruction of sin and the impending destruction of sinners, people who are unrepentant sinners. And so we need to apply to ourselves the promise of salvation that has come to us. And so this is, this is the, the promise. This is the thing that the author of Hebrews wants us to get here. And now this is um, important. This is really important for us to believe in because here's a truth that I think is true. Um, People know that there's something wrong with the world. Most everybody knows this. You might find somebody who thinks that this is the best possible world ever and life is fine. But most people know that there's something wrong with the world. And eventually, most people come to the place of thinking everything would be better if only these kinds of people did not exist. And this is how this whole story started in Exodus. You may remember that the Israelites were growing in number and the Egyptians were now afraid that if an enemy came and attacked them, the Israelites would rebel and Egypt would be destroyed. So they knew there was something wrong with the world. There's the threat of impending invasion. And they feared what the Israelites would do because there were so many of them. And so they said, we will be more safe. We will be more secure if only they were less Israelites, and especially Israelite males. So not only would that slow down their reproduction, but they would have no soldiers, no military-aged men over time. There'd be nobody to fight and attack us. So they would just weaken them militarily. So this was their idea. But this is the concept that they had. We are in, we are vulnerable. There's something wrong with the world. We could be hurt. And if only they were less Israelite men, then we would be safe. All right. 
And now here's Israel in their position. They're being mistreated by the Egyptians, and you can bet that many of them just wanted revenge, revenge, revenge. There's something wrong with the world. We've been treated as slaves, and we need revenge. But God has said, no, I will handle the injustices of the world. What you need is for a lamb to die. Okay? Don't don't attack the Egyptians. You're, yes, you're, something's wrong with the world. The problem is sin. And in order for the world to be rescued, you don't need all your enemies to be killed. You need a lamb to die so that you can be rescued. And so this same concept applies even today in in perhaps a more profound way. Everyone knows there's something wrong with the world. Who needs to die in order for everything to be safe, in order for things to go to the way we want them to go? Who needs to die? And the Christian answer is, Jesus needs to die. There's all kinds of trouble in the world. How can I be safe? Who needs to disappear for me to feel okay? Well, God's answer was, the true Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, needed to die. Because the issue is sin. The issue is human rebellion. And the issue is that we will not live forever because of our rebellion against God. But Jesus Christ has come. And he came to die. And through his death, we have a restored relationship with God. And we have the ability to endure sin and to endure other people's sin and misbehavior and not make the problem worse and maintain our testimony that things get better when Jesus has died for you. And the solution for the problems of the world is that Jesus has died so that other people don't have to. This is a profound truth and it deserves a lot of thinking over and meditating on. God's solution to the problems of the world is for a Passover lamb to die so that his judgment won't come upon us. And we can either take his true Passover lamb and apply him in our lives, in our marriages, in our churches, in our cities, and in our town, or we can look to something else and have everything go wrong. Something deep to think about. May the Lord give you insight as you meditate on his word. And amen.